Who boy. Post Loons, episode 27, presented by our good friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. I mean, what what can you say? 3-1 loss to Colorado. You're up 1-0 with the man advantage, and you give up three goals. And now the playoff picture gets even more murky than it was heading in. What's going on? My name is Jeremy Rushing. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy G. Rushing. You can follow us at 10,000 Pitches on Twitter at 10K Pitches. Uh, we're live right now on Twitter and YouTube. Um, if you're watching on Twitter and you're trying to leave a comment, I'm probably not going to get it on my StreamYard platform here. So if you would really like to leave a comment, question, you know, take, thought, overall opinion, uh, head over to youtube.com slash 10K Pitches to leave those questions and comments as we get rolling on here. And I'm sure there will be a lot of questions, comments, and thoughts rolling in after that 3-1 to one loss. Uh, this is as disappointed as I have been since following Minnesota United in 2018. Um, this is as, I think, as hot as Adrian Heath's seat has been. We've had, you know, the, the Heath out stuff on Twitter from, you know, certain areas of Minnesota United fandom for quite a while. But now you're starting to see it come faster and more furious uh, just overall from Minnesota United fans. It is um, disappointing to say the least. So if you're watching, get those questions and comments in and I'll be happy to respond to those as we get rolling here. But again, you got to leave them on YouTube. So head over to our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com and search post loons, search 10,000 pitches, and you should be able to find us there to leave those questions and comments. I see a lot of people watching on Twitter right now. Thank you so much. Um, if you can't leave a question or comment on Twitter, um, go ahead and hit that retweet button, hit that like button. Uh, if you're watching over there at 10K Pitches on Twitter. And again, if you want to leave that thought, that question, that comment, because I'm sure you guys got a lot of them, you got to go to YouTube to do that. All right, let's get into this, though. My three things. My first thing is pretty obvious. Man advantage, a disadvantage, question mark. And it's really not a question mark. This year, the man advantage has been a severe disadvantage for Minnesota United. And I said on Twitter, if you follow me at Jeremy G. Rushing, I would have a stat for you guys. And here's the stat. If I scroll up to the right part of the, of the notes here. Minnesota United have been up a man for a total of 148 minutes plus stoppage time this season. They've only scored one goal in that time and have given up four. So this year, with a man advantage... Minnesota United has a negative three goal differential, but they haven't really been much better even or down a man, obviously, uh, even though they've been better negative one goal differential, even or down a man this season, but negative three with the man advantage. That is that that's your, your gift wrapped when anytime the opposing team gets a red card, especially early or midway through the match, you are gift wrapped an opportunity to get three points. No matter who you're playing, no matter whether you're home or road, no matter the situation, if you have the opportunity to go up a man, you are given a golden nugget. Not only that, but when you're already up a man, you are given an even greater golden nugget. You're given the golden nugget to get three points. Minnesota United went up a man against San Jose. They scored promptly after going up a man to go up 1-0, uh, but were unable to get anything else out of that match, gave up a goal late to uh, get a 1-1 draw. 
And then they went up a man, obviously, early against SKC and just were not able to muster any opportunities. That one ends nil-nil. And tonight was far worse. Uh, you go up a man uh, in the 52nd minute, I believe, and you you play most of the second half up a man, up a goal, and you end up 3-1 down. That's just – to say it's not going to cut it, that's the most obvious thing. So that, that, does, that doesn't say it. That doesn't quite – encapsulate how disappointing that is when you're given those opportunities when a team like minnesota united who we know is good who we know has talent is given those opportunities and they're unable to take advantage but even more so it's become a disadvantage because you're giving up more goals than you're scoring it's not just you're not scoring you're conceding when up a man and that is is it's concerning to say to say the least so that's my first thing. If you have some things, some thoughts, some questions, some takeaways, head over to our YouTube channel and leave those questions and comments. I'll be more than happy to respond to those as we get rolling on here. Uh, my second thing, playoffs, question mark, question mark, question mark. The playoffs are a question mark for Minnesota United right now, to say the least. Here's where you currently stand, though, in the standings. You are in playoff position if you're the Loons. But one point back is Vancouver. And you're even on matches with everybody. So no more, none of that game in hand stuff. As stuff shakes out down the stretch, you might have you know a game where, or a time frame, a few days where you do have a game in hand. But right now, as it stands, you are even on matches with everybody ahead of you or behind you in the Western Conference table. So you can't rest on that to solidify playoff positioning anymore. One point behind Vancouver who did lose, so they kind of broke their hot streak. They had, they got on a bit of a roll there to kind of get up into the playoff picture. So you are hanging by an absolute thread, and you kind of have a gauntlet coming up. We'll get to what's on tap here a little bit later on in the show, but it's not pretty for Minnesota United. It's not easy. And a big six-pointer against Vancouver coming up here in a couple weeks that could basically determine whether or not you go to the playoffs. So you are hanging by a thread. We've kind of gone back and forth on this as Minnesota United has gone on stretches where they've won, gone on stretches where they've lost, where where's the home playoff picture coming to play? That's that's out of the I think that's out of the question at this point. I just think you got to try to get in. Get in, be healthy. That's what I've said for three weeks. Get in, be healthy, see what happens. But these last two matches, these last three matches have actually have given us little to zero confidence that even if you are in and you are healthy, you'll be able to do something. Because you can't even hold a lead with a man advantage at home. That's where you're at. Cindy Hoffbeck says, I don't think we have the depth we were led to believe. We need more quality players. What do you think? Yeah, the depth has been really concerning, or the lack thereof. You know, this is a team, I mean, I I was on, I was beating the drum at the beginning of the season. This team is deep. When you get into the dog days of July, August, early September, we'll be fine. Because we have the horses off the bench. That's what I thought. I think that's what everybody thought. Supporters, people who cover this team alike. I thought everybody, I thought the team, the team probably thought they had depth. On paper, this team is deep. But unless you have your full 11 starting, your ideal 11 starting, it has been very rough sailing for Minnesota United this season. I love Hassani Dotson. I love Ozzy Alonso. Individually, great players. Not a good defensive midfield pairing. There's a lot of pressure on the back line and a lot of pressure on Tyler Miller tonight. 
I don't know where Jan Gregish is. I don't know where he is in the pecking order. I don't know where he is on uh, Adrian Heath's uh, list right now. Did not see him at all. Haven't seen him in a while. Don't know. I don't know. More questions or comments, just like Cindy, feel free to drop those in the chat. My third thing is, once I get to it here, credit to Colorado. A lot of this post-game show is expressing disappointment from a Minnesota United point of view. And this is a Minnesota United-centric post-game show. So, you know, obviously that's what it's going to be. But we really need to give credit to the Rapids here. This is a really good team. They're, they're positioning in the Western Conference table. They're there for a reason. They're up with, uh, you know, the, the cream of the crop, the SKCs, the Seattles. They're up there for a reason this, this season. They have great offensive firepower. And they even showed it down a man. They did not waver from their game plan at all. They are in a counterattacking team. So it, based off the way Minnesota United played when they were down a man, it should not be a surprise that Colorado went on the run they were on because they are a counterattacking team. Minnesota United up a man pressing for a second goal, as I thought they should, to be honest. But maybe leave some guys back, maybe defend a counter. I don't know, but it did not go well up a man for Minnesota United. And a lot of that is credit to Colorado. Uh, they played really well as they have all season offensively. They have some major, major horses in Barrios and Jonathan Lewis at all, basically. And they stuck to their game plan. They down a man, they still played it to perfection. So we want to make sure that they got the credit they deserve um, as we move forward here. But yeah, that's where we are. Those are my three things. Man advantage, a disadvantage, playoffs, question mark, and credit to Colorado. Any things you have, any uh, overall takeaways from the match tonight, feel free to drop those in the chat if you're watching on YouTube. Again, if you're watching on Twitter and you want to leave a question or a comment, you're going to have to go to our YouTube channel to do that. All right. Before we get into the game notes, want to shout out something really, really good. Something really, really good happening in Minnesota soccer right now. Yes, we're going to talk about a lot of bad, a lot of disappointing on this episode. But a lot of really, really good comes from our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. 801 South Ninth Street, Northeast Minneapolis is where you can find them. Indoor five-a-side soccer available now. And they have sort of perfected the indoor five-a-side soccer, pickup soccer scene. Um, you're playing indoors, so you can play no matter the elements, but they have these garage doors. They can open up when it's nice. So, you know, over the next couple of weeks, it is supposed to be nice, even though we're getting uh, closer to the winter, uh, but it is supposed to still be nice. So if you kind of want to get that outdoor feel without having to, you know, wonder whether or not the conditions are going to be good for you to play outdoor soccer, you can play indoor and still have that outdoor feel over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. So whether you're playing pickup or whether you want to reserve a field, go to NinthStreetMPLS.com. Pickup is just five bucks for a pickup session. And they have pickups six days a week, including two-hour pickup nights. Now, there's a couple new things that they're doing at Ninth Street as we get into the fall here, which is really cool. And these things are available now. Thursdays, women's only pickup. And Fridays, 40-plus pickup. So if you're in that older range, you know, maybe maybe you want to play with people kind of more your speed, more your age. 40-plus pickups available. Uh, if you want to do female-only, women's-only pickup, um, that is available on Thursdays. 
You can follow Ninth Street on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ninth Street MPLS, N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T, MPLS to find out how to sign up and also look into booking a field. If you are a coach of a team, you know, you have a, a youth soccer program or uh, I don't know, you, you, you run a soccer team and you're looking for some space because as we get into the winter, that indoor soccer space is very limited. It's a premium. You know that, right? Uh, make Ninth Street Soccer your place to uh, get your indoor training, get your indoor soccer done. Go to NinthStreetMPLS.com. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ninth Street MPLS. That's Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee, NinthStreetMPLS.com to learn more. Love those guys over at Ninth Street. Big, big fans of them and cannot thank them enough for being the title sponsors of Post Loons all season long for better or worse. <laughs> all right, let's get into the game notes here. It's usually good when the first thing you see on the game notes is a Minnesota United goal, but today was the exception. But we do start in the eighth minute as Franco Fracampani finds a wide open Adrian Nunu starting for the first time in nearly a month. And the Frenchman slots one home through traffic with the left foot just inside the 18 to give the Loons the early lead. It's Nunu's first goal since August 25th, actually. Um, and so we had that he was kind of one of the main talking points this week. Why haven't we seen who knew? When are we going to see who knew? Um, well, he had the opportunity with the guys who were out due to international duty. Also, big congratulations to Will Trapp. His son Charlie was born uh today. That's why he was not there, but obviously, very, very good reason for not being there. So, congratulations to Will and his wife on the birth of their son Charlie. Every every, every evidently everyone's doing okay um so that's great to hear so congrats to them so you're down four starters you thought you're going to be down four starters uh then then it was presumably going to be three with uh reynoso's red card getting overturned upon appeal uh but then obviously will trap you know his wife has a baby so he's got to go right so you're down four starters so this is adrian anu's opportunity right you can't not start adrian anu in this scenario so this is his opportunity to really prove his worth um i thought he did that today uh, aside from the goal, he played really well. But, yeah, he gets things started in the eighth minute. I think proving that that he deserves. You know, I, I've said all along that I think Robin Lud is your center forward starter, is your number nine starter. But I do think Adrian Nunu should be getting a lot more run than he's been getting, and I think he proved that tonight. Uh, 11th minute, great defending from Chase Gasper. I thought for the most part the back line played really, really well tonight. A lot of good efforts defensively on the 11th minute. It was Gasper denying Brian Galvin an opportunity at goal. In the 16th, it was DJ Taylor making a nice interception off Jonathan Lewis, although Taylor did make a couple mistakes tonight. He hasn't gotten in that much, so that'll happen as you sort of get your feet under you in an MLS setting. Uh, 22nd minute, Reynoso with a nice back pass creates a really good opportunity for Ethan Finlay to double the lead. Uh, puts a nice low hard shot on goal, but Yarborough does the job to knock it away. Uh, 24th minute, excellent one-on-one -on -one defending from Brett Coleman. This was really impressive because this is on Jonathan Lewis, and Jonathan Lewis is not an easy guy to mark. Uh, play ends up resulting in a Colin Warner kind of weak shot, harmlessly rolling to the uh, foot of Tyler Miller. But really, really good defending there from Brett Coleman sort of at the start of that to make sure that it was not a good opportunity for Colorado. Uh, 27th minute, Jack Price lets one fly from distance, but Miller makes an excellent save. Just sort of a prelude of the night that Tyler Miller would have at least up until uh, the last 15 minutes or so. 31st, Warner again, this time with a much more assertive shot on frame, but Miller's able to get over it and deflect it away. 34th minute, Hassani Dotson makes an intervention just as Lucas Altavez, Lucas Altavez, Lucas Estevez was lining up a shot outside the box. Estevez gets frustrated, 
sort of takes it out on a 50-50 ball with Ozzy Alonzo, uh, and the Colorado player does get whistled. Uh, 43rd minute, pair of saves from the man himself, Tyler Miller. Excellent end to the half. Diving to his right on multiple occasions to keep the Loons ahead at half. So at halftime, you know, although you're on you're on the back foot at the end of the half, I, I, I kind of said the Loons have kind of sustained things so far. Could they for another 45-plus? Um, obviously, the answer to that question was no, although in the early portion of the first and the second half, things were looking really good. Uh, 50th minute is where that started. Yarbrough drawn away off his line with both Finley and Anu bearing down. I mean, this has to be 2-0, I think. And this changes, you know, if you go up 2-0 here, this completely changes the makeup of the game, the way the game goes from here on out. Um, Finley could have just chipped Yarbrough for the easy goal because there was nobody behind him, no defender ready to play one back off the line or anything like that. Um, but he decides to try to play it in the middle for Unu. Yarbrough was in between the two, and he's able to recover and intercept that pass. Uh, 52nd minute, a, a great defensive play from the Colorado side here as Austin Trusty with an incredible effort. Uh, Fragapane sends in a beautiful cross to a seemingly wide open Ethan Finley. I thought we were going to get a goal here. Uh, he's just waiting on the other end for it, but Trusty is just able to get his foot on it pretty high up too uh, before the ball gets to Finley. So a good effort from him. Shout out to Austin Trusty there for Colorado. Uh, 57th minute, Danny Wilson gets a straight red for Colorado. This is where we thought things were going to change for the better uh, if you're a Minnesota United fan. Uh, he denies a new and uh, obvious goal-scoring opportunity. VAR looks at potential offside. Now, the, the foul itself was if Unu's onside, it's denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. My question was, was Unu offside? Because it looked really tight. And actually posed the question on Twitter. Um, and it's a pretty obvious answer. If Unu is called offside, the red gets rescinded uh, because it's no longer an obvious goal-scoring opportunity if he's offside. Uh, but VAR approves the or approves the red card, confirms the straight red, and Danny Wilson gets sent off. And now it's 11 v 10 for Minnesota United. Um, they almost take advantage in the 62nd as Reynoso sets up DJ Taylor for a shot. The defenseman does well to send it toward the low corner, but Yarbrough makes the save. 66 minute, Anu with another great chance after Fragapane's cross is deflected. Now, if this cross does not get deflected, this is a goal. But the deflection ends up sending the ball towards Yarbrough. So it ends up being a foot race between Anu and Yarbrough. And while Yarbrough doesn't beat Anu to the ball, it's close enough where it sort of alters the shot from Anu. It kind of disrupts it, and it sent, and uh, the Frenchman sends it over the bar. Um, so things stay 1-0. 67 minute sub Agadello on for Unu, and that proves to be um, fortuitous uh, in a negative way for Minnesota United. Uh, 71st minute, somehow Barrios gets in behind the Loon's defense. I mean, I don't know how this happens. One on one with Miller. He dives at the Colorado player, kind of a last ditch effort to try to keep the ball out of the net. Barrios does really, really well to take a touch around Miller. Miller obviously trips Barrios, no ball, all foot. Originally not called a penalty, but it's pretty obvious once it went to VAR that it was going to get overturned. Um, and the PK is called, and Cole Bassett puts it home, and things are level at one. Now, you're talking about a lot of game left here. It's 1-1, 17-plus. We're still up a man. Uh, but the nerves are there because the way Minnesota United has played up a man so far this season. And uh, again, those those nerves were were right to be there by the end of it. Uh, 76 minute DJ Taylor with a nice low cross for an open frog upon it, but the ball skips up on the winger. Uh, if this ball stays on the ground, this is a much more dangerous shot, but it sort of skips up 
on Fragapane and uh, his uh, effort on goal just sails just over the bar. Uh, 78th minutes, uh, tactical sub as Benito Adi is on for Finley. And this is right as Minnesota United gets a corner kick opportunity. So they want to bring the taller Adi in uh, to try to get ahead on it. He actually does get ahead on it. This was almost a goal. Um, things bouncing around in the box, but unfortunately, uh, you know, it stays out. Uh, 83rd minute, Minnesota United do well to hold possession in or around the Colorado box. Kind of an- another chaotic situation in front of the Colorado goal. Finally ends up at the feet of Reynoso, but his shot skirts just over the crossbar. And then the 84th minute, the deflator, the Colorado goal to give them the lead as the Rapids hit a very quick counterattack. Ends Jonathan Lewis sending one in the middle for a wide open Barrios. He completes the easy tap in and gets 10-man Colorado the lead. Uh, 87th minute, golden chance for Colorado to ice it, uh, but a shot attempt at the top of the box goes over the bar. Uh, 92nd minute, Dotson's equalizing effort goes just right. Um, he had a really good clear shot on goal there. And then the 93rd, Colorado's third goal. Another counter, long ball for Barrios. Miller comes way out of the box, almost to midfield to try to beat Barrios to the ball. Um, it was actually almost to midfield there. And uh, Barrios does well to head it over Miller and keep possession. He finds Estevez for the empty netter. And at that point, you could hear a pin drop at Allianz. It was already a little bit quieter due to the, uh, you know, the, the protest from the Dark Clouds and the Red Loons and some of the other smaller Minnesota United supporters groups within those larger groups, um, you know, protesting the lack of a vaccine or uh, mask requirements or negative COVID-19 test requirement at Allianz Field, as has been the case at other uh, stadiums in MLS that have, uh, you know, put in those uh, those restrictions, those mandates. Um, so it was a little bit quieter. Um, wasn't totally quiet, though. Still boisterous, considering it was the Wonder Bowl was only about half full. But after that third Colorado goal, I don't, I don't think it mattered if there were 20,000, 17,000, 14,000, 5,000. You can hear a pin drop after that third goal. And that's how we end it. Three to one. Colorado over Minnesota, despite the loons having a man advantage for a majority of the second half. Um, and on tap, things do not get easier for the loons. Uh, let's see. Let's check the comments though. First, Sam Pfeiffer says, whoa, arriving late for what is, what is sure to be a fun episode. Yeah. Strap in Sam uh, questions, comments, drop those in the chat. If you could, I want to hear your thoughts after this, uh, this major, major loss, major development from Minnesota United tonight. Uh, dropping points at home against Colorado in a match where they really could have used at least one point. Uh, but on tap, we get Austin on Saturday. So another midweek off, which I think if you're Minnesota, you want to get right back out there as soon as you can. But unfortunately, they get the week to stew on this, and then they go down to Texas to visit Austin on Saturday. Not an easy environment to play in. Although Austin is at the bottom of the Western Conference table, this is not going to be an easy match at all on Saturday. Then you host Philadelphia the following Wednesday. I mean, you're talking about the defending Supporter Shield winners. Really, really good team. Uh, Jim Curtin and co. have uh, have going on there at uh, in Philly. Um, that's on Wednesday the 20th. And then home again on Saturday the 23rd against LAFC. All in all, six games remaining in the regular season. Three at home, three on the road. And again, in a couple weeks, you do have that uh, you know possible six-pointer against Vancouver. So... You're not out of the picture. You're actually still in the playoff picture, still in the playoffs, holding on to that seven spot, but not a lot of confidence coming from these last couple weeks. 3-1 loss to D.C., nil-nil draw in Dallas, and now this 3-1 loss to Colorado, despite having the man advantage, uh, does not instill a lot of confidence if you're a Minnesota United fan. 
We're going to go a couple more minutes, guys, if there aren't any more questions or comments. Again, if you're trying to get those questions and comments in, if you're watching on Twitter, you got to go over to our YouTube channel to get those in, youtube.com, uh, and just look up Post Loons or 10K Pitches if you want to get those questions or comments in. I see a lot of you watching on Twitter right now. I appreciate that. But again, if you want to leave a comment, you got to go to our YouTube channel. So if you give, I'll give you guys a couple minutes to do that. But all in all, this match is kind of the continuation of the, the downhill trajectory that we've seen Minnesota United go on these last couple of weeks after that really good run against LA, Dal- LA Galaxy in Houston. You're talking about 3-0, 2-0. You're feeling really good. You're talking about potential home playoff spot. And then just this last two-week period, you just can't get the job done despite having opportunities. At DC United, okay, 3-1 loss, whatever. Uh, but you go into Dallas, 0-0 draw a team you should probably beat by two or three goals no matter where you're playing them. Dallas is not a great team. They just fired their coach. You got to get more points there. And then tonight, you don't expect, I mean, I mean, going into the match, we knew this is going to be tough. You're down four starters against a really good Colorado team who's third in the Western Conference and really the only other team keeping pace with Seattle and Kansas City. So you know it's going to be tough. But you're gift wrapped the opportunity. You get an early goal, which has always been good a good sign for Minnesota United this season. Then you go up a man early in the second half. You're thinking, all right, this, this, this is going to go well. But you blow that opportunity. You completely blow that opportunity. And now the confidence is not there. The momentum is not there. Heading into a really important stretch run. You got to get three points in Austin. You have to. If you don't get three points in Austin, I'm going to say this right now, and this could come back to bite me. I'm going to make a declaration right now. If you don't get three points in Austin, even though you're going on the road, if you don't get three points in Austin, you're not making the playoffs. You're not. How are we supposed to trust this team if they get the seven spot to go on the road and beat a top team in the West if you can't go to Austin and get three points? Three points decisively. You need to go do that. If you don't get three points, you're not making the playoffs. That's just it. Questions, comments, drop them in the chat. I'm going to stick around for one more minute. You can tell I'm frustrated. This is the first time all season that I've felt true frustration. And this is the first time all season that I have felt that there is a hot seat on the manager. A deserved hot seat under the manager. You have to be better when you're given a golden chance, a golden opportunity, you have to be better. Tactically, from a, a mindset standpoint, it shows a lot about your team when you play almost worse when you're up a man than when you're even or, or down a man. It's similar to like those hockey teams who just... You can tell they don't have it between the ears because any time that they get up on a power play, there's just nothing. That's Minnesota United. I try to be even keel about this team. I try to see things from a very, very unbiased, objective point of view. But I think this is a, this is an unbiased and objective point of view. You got to have more grit. You got to want it. 
doesn't seem like this team wants it. And that attitude, that mindset can be tied back to the manager. There was a quote about a month ago on a uh, Star Tribune podcast. They do a daily sports podcast. Uh, I think it's Chip Scoggins, maybe, who does the daily sports podcast for them. And in one of those, he interviewed Ethan Finley. And Finley said, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the quote in front of me, that he feels like the team doesn't really have an identity. That was a little bit concerning when I saw it. There was like a major uproar on Twitter. You know, Twitter is what Twitter does, right? Um, I wasn't necessarily pulling the ripcord fire alarm off that quote, but now maybe I should have been. It's baffling, just baffling. And I think it all goes, whether it's deserved or not, the responsibility goes to the head coach. It goes to the manager. This team is talented. This team is good. This team is, we we thought they were deep. So any lack of performance, no matter who the horses you have on the field are, goes back to the manager. And he's the one who's going to bear the responsibility for it, as he should. That's how professional sports work. That's how college sports work. But that's specifically how, how even more so, how professional sports work. So I think that seat is hot. It's not white hot. You're not, you don't have the blue flame underneath it. But it's uh, it's getting a little uncomfortable. Let's just say that. All right, guys, if there are any more questions or comments, I will bid adieu here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it for the comments, for the questions, for the retweets, for the views, for the support here on Post Loons. Can't thank our good friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee enough. Um, another local, local-ish team that's kind of disappointing us, Forward Madison. Uh, Rob and I broke down, uh, you know, uh, continue to break down Forward Madison's season. They are on the outside looking in on the playoff picture disappointedly as well. Uh, we'll have the latest uh, edition of that podcast up for you on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday afternoon-ish uh, is when we'll have the latest Talk and Flock, which is our Forward Madison podcast. So go ahead and look that up if you want to listen to that wherever you get your podcast. Also, the 10,000 podcast is back. We talk a little bit of Minnesota United, but we're really focused on what's happening elsewhere in Minnesota soccer. The Minnesota Gopher women's soccer team is doing great things. Um, they are, you know, have a really, really good resume right now for the NCAA tournament as they head to their stretch run, which is really, really great to see in uh, Coach Chastain's first year. So we talk a lot about them, talking a lot about the other college teams, obviously St. Thomas up in the uh, in the D1 college ranks now. Uh, we try to focus on some UMAC, some MIAC, some NSIC clubs every week as well, or teams, I should call them clubs, they're teams, uh, every week as well. And we also keep you up to date on what's going on in the lower league scene too, you know, what's going on in Minneapolis City, Duluth FC, uh, you know, some of the teams in the UPSL as well. So really is kind of your full Minnesota soccer fix every week on 10K Pitches with myself and Dominic Jose Bazonio. So just look up 10,000 Pitches wherever you get your podcast too. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at 10K Pitches. You can follow me, Jeremy Rushing, at Jeremy G. Rushing. As far as post loons goes, we will catch you Saturday night after the game in Austin for better or worse. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We'll talk to you Saturday. Bye.